You're listening to the Social Spectrum Podcast with Gina Galliotto. Here we prove that success on social media and in entrepreneurship is not one size fits all and discuss thriving online through the lens of different personality types, lifestyles, and neurodiversity. Success lives on a spectrum, so your impossible search for the one right way to grow your online business ends here. On the Social Spectrum Podcast, we'll unfold your right way instead. Let's dive in. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm super excited to be here with a really special guest, a longtime mutual and friend of mine, Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Hey, what's up? I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to pick your brain, trust me. So for those of you who don't know, Lexi is a full-time influencer of six plus years, right? Six plus? Yes, it's been a while. (laughs) And through that, she's developed a ton of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge about the industry. And she shares that and more as well through online coaching and through her podcast, Call Me When You Get Lost. That's the correct title, right? I love it. it. I love it. I've been obsessed with the branding too. You did such a good job with that. It looks great. So yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. And today we're going to get to pick Lexi's brain about things like aesthetics on socials, content editing tips, which I can't wait to learn about from you. Lucky girl syndrome, which I know is a really hot topic right now. And we're going to talk about some more stuff too. So I'm really excited to get into it. You ready, Lexi? (laughs) Yes, let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's do it. So just to give listeners a little bit of perspective about more of your personality, if they haven't seen your content yet, one thing about the social spectrum is that I want people to know what energy levels it's coming from, what kind of personality background all this knowledge is coming from. And even though this question won't wrap it all up, I would love to know from you if you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert, just to get like a foundation of that. Entirely an introvert. Really? Entirely an introvert. And I don't think I don't think that comes through mm-hmm. with my content because I'm so outgoing when it comes to my content. But I'm like, I'm in my own little like bubble in my house with like all my things. And you know, I'm very happy here. And yeah, I, I don't leave my house often. I'm a literal hermit. And I think that surprises people. <laughs> Definitely, because your personality shines through in your content. But that's why I always love asking that question, because it gives people perspective where it's like, even though I might feel like an introvert, it doesn't have to affect the way that I show up. I can still do this. I can still show up online. So I I love to ask that question. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So I I really think I want to start the conversation off with aesthetics. And the reason I do is because one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you and I love watching your content is because even though your content is very aesthetic, totally a vibe, it doesn't make me feel bad when I watch it. And I feel like there's some misconceptions around like that girl content, quote unquote, that girl content or it girl content. And I just wanted to know, like from your perspective, have you experienced any of those misconceptions around aesthetics or? Yes, I've kind of experienced it in my own way, more so like my limiting beliefs, like no one's Mm -hmm. ever commented or said anything about like my environment and my home. Like, I literally have a condo that has not been updated since the 80s. Like, it's very like, she's a shabby girl. We love her. But, you know, and I like old things. It's fine. I love old architecture. Like, the housing market's crazy. I've been here for like seven years. I want to stay here as long as I can before I buy a home. Mm -hmm. So, 
I've definitely kind of learned how to romanticize my environment. And Mm -hmm. I think that content creation has helped me out a lot with that. But even though I'm like using different tips and tricks with my camera angles, and I might be like, you know, clearing off my countertop or like opening up a window to make it look more aesthetic, like Mm -hmm. it still is what it is. And I never let it keep me from creating content, especially when it comes to video content. And I'm happy about that because I feel like it kind of create some sort of relatability when it comes to me like I don't live in a high-rise penthouse condo and I think that's cool for other people to see like yeah you can be like a successful creator it doesn't have to look like this one thing all the time you know what I mean Mm -hmm, 100% I think that's another one of the misconceptions about it too is there's no right or wrong way to do it to show up and to post your content and whatever like makes you feel good and comfortable is how you should do it so Is there any one way that you kind of fell into your style, your content style? I think honestly, just came with posting, just like practicing and getting to know. Yes, 100%. And that's what I tell everyone too. Like when they ask me questions about content creation, like how do you find your style? How do you find your, you know, your like je ne sais quoi, whatever it is. Like (laughs) you just have to post, like you just have to create the content. You just have to like start doing it and then you'll find your own kind of thing that makes your content different. I feel like Mm -hmm. we consume so much content. So I think a lot of the times we like accidentally like emulate another creator that we watch a lot of the time, like not even realizing it. And like, I've probably done that too, without even knowing, but Mm -hmm. the more like reps you put in, like the more you hone your craft and the more comfortable you get, plus the more you see what your audience likes and that plays a role into it as well. So I think all that together just kind of creates your own style. But yeah, since I've been doing this a little while now, I feel like I have it like dialed in like my personality gets to shine through and I feel like Mm -hmm. that overall is kind of what makes my content my content and not somebody else's yeah and you do have such a great style just naturally you know with with your fashion and everything and I know fashion is a big part of your niche but so is self-care it seems like that's something you're emphasizing a lot is there any connection between aesthetics and self-care for you like is making your environment look nice a part of it or yes okay 100%, 100% yes because I I just I first of all I cannot have like a cluttered home like mm-hmm. I work here you get it like you know you work <laughs> in your home a lot you spend a lot of hours there like I can't be working in a cluttered environment so I've mm-hmm. also I want to make sure I can show up if I want to randomly film a TikTok and not have like the background of my room being like so messy and yes there are days where my house is a mess but I definitely do see it as a means of self-care. Like it's not so much like, oh, let's make the house look good for everyone else or, Mm -hmm. you know, let's make ourselves look good for everyone else. It really is for me. Like I'm a big, big contender of like look good, feel good. Same way as my environment. Like if if everything's in order, like I'm, I'm happy. So that's definitely something I take time to spend time on because it's important Mm -hmm. to me for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I really like that it's something that's already woven into your life because I think that is a misconception about aesthetics is that it has to be like pulled out of nowhere. Even if it's not something that necessarily someone values, they feel like they have to in order to get online. And it's again, I want to emphasize to people, it's an art form and some people express it in one way and some people do it in another way. And that's why I love that it's your real life. It's not putting on a show for it. It's what actually makes you feel good and comfortable. Yes. (laughs) And that's what I feel like the whole misconception with aesthetics has been lately. Yes. Just with it being people kind of villainizing that girl content. Again, like I said at the beginning, thinking that they are putting on the show. And I've kind of had this perspective of like, okay, even though that's not 
but I'm a messy girl. So that's where we totally differ. And it's like, but I still see the perspective where I'm like, okay, they're probably just a clean girl. Like, and they're just showing their life and they're getting all this criticism for it. Yes. So yeah, I, I love the different perspective. That's one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you on here. And I love that. Speaking of being a messy girl, (laughs) I also love what you said about having your environment ready to go so that you can feel comfortable filming TikToks right away. Because I think talking about reducing friction when it comes to creating content is something that's left out a lot in the conversation. And you saying that gave me such a light bulb moment because I was like, you know what? She's right. Like if I put a little more intention behind my environment, I'd probably feel more ready to go to film like when I have an idea right away instead of putting it off. So I love that. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely better when it comes to my home than my appearance. Cause sometimes, you know, when it's Mm -hmm. editing day, like I'm in a big t-shirt, my hair's up Mm -hmm. and like, I'm not ready to film. Like, absolutely not. (laughs) My house might be looking good, but like, I'm a mess. And I've noticed recently, like when I do get up and like get ready and make that a priority, which Mm -hmm. is a whole other thing to add to the daily to-do list. But you know, I do think it, there's definitely something like switches in your brain. That's like, Oh, I could film this TikTok really quickly, or I could like Mm -hmm. bust out some content. Cause you know, like when you get the idea to make something like sometimes you get a strike while the iron is hot. And if I'm not going to do it because my hair is a mess and that's going to bother me and keep me from doing it, then like, maybe I need to start doing that more often. Exactly. Tiny (laughs) changes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Reducing friction. I love that. That's really a thing. It totally, the amount of ideas that I loved at one point and then just like sleeping on it for three days, I ended up never posting it because just like the energy wasn't there anymore. And oh, yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's dead. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. <laughs> someone else already snatched that energy. Up. Yes. It's, it's been completed. Like you missed your chance. Like yes. better delete the draft. It's never getting posted. <laughs> so in the, I guess in the name of reducing friction, is there any little filming and editing tips that you have for making things just a little bit easier and faster as a content creator? Yes, 100%. So I definitely like, like I said, my my uh, home's like not super aesthetic. So I have like a couple areas in my home if I'm getting like product shots or outfit shots or something that I've already set up to kind of look like that. Like, I don't know if you can tell, obviously the listeners can't see, but (laughs) I redid my little office area with like some light painting and like some little touches so that I have these little aesthetic corners that I can just like, you know, bust out a quick like UGC moment for whatever. But other than that, yeah, I have little tips where like, I always recommend like using a corner, like if you have a really cluttered house, like, and you're trying to get some product shots, like maybe try to find one corner on your counter where you can just clear everything away. Like there's negative space in the background, get some good lighting set up and it will look literally like so much better than you would expect it to. That's like one of my big tips, but honestly, it's just like, get your lighting right. Make sure your camera lens is clean, clean your space. Like it's important. Like if you're going to, film something where your floor is showing and there's crumbs everywhere. Like get your freaking (laughs) vacuum out and vacuum that three by five section. I don't care what it is. Like the little things really do matter. And that's what Mm -hmm. separates like the good content from the great content. Mm -hmm. It's just those, those little things. And it doesn't matter what your house looks like or where you're filming, but if you can do those little things to elevate the content, it really does make a huge difference. Yeah. And I, I can see that. Like I said, at the beginning, you're one of your content, it just draws me in like, and I don't feel bad about it. I feel great watching it. You're one of the few lifestyle creators I still keep up with. So there is really something to that, to those little touches. It really does make a difference. So your hard work is paying off, girl. Good. I love it. I love to hear it. (laughs) One thing you're really good at 
is your vlogs, your daily vlogs. You are so good at those. Thank you. I love those. They take forever to edit, but mm. they're like, they're fun for me. Oh, you know, you know, they take so long, like hours, hours for a one minute video, maybe. Uh huh. Maybe a I, minute. That's actually what I was going to ask is I, it's like, a lot of my content is the talking head, just like educating to the camera stuff. And if I do try to film a day in my life, I'm a mess. It's so much harder to film a day in your life than people yes. think. So yes, do you just, <laughs> what, do you have any kind of habits now since you do it so often that yes. you like have integrated into your life? Can you share some of those habits? Yes. So I used to just kind of post like daily vlogs, like for funsies, like I would post them every now and then. And mm-hmm. I stopped because because of that issue, like I was trying to post all this other content that wasn't even related to that. So it didn't make sense for me to spend an entire day filming and editing like a 30 second mini vlog, yeah. which probably sounds <laughs> crazy to some people. But like, if you if you know, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of attention to detail, like people's attention spans are very, very short. So if you're not doing a talking video or something like you got to keep the clips exciting. But yeah. Since I've been doing them more recently, they've been picking up more traction on both Instagram and TikTok, which is great now. Love when love when I can repurpose my content. We love that. <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm doing it more often, I'm definitely getting into the swing of things. And instead of filming my whole day, usually I'll just do the morning. So mm-hmm. I'll do like my gym routine. I have like a couple clips that I like always get at the gym. I have a couple mm-hmm. clips like when I'm getting in and out of my car that I make sure I get, you know, if I'm at the grocery store, I even have ideas of what I want to get there. So it's not mm-hmm. so much like, Oh, I have to film everything and then pick out what clips I want later. It's like, no, I know the clips that I want to film, which makes Mm -hmm. it so much easier when I do go to edit and when I'm filming because it's not consuming my entire day. It's way more streamlined now. But the editing process, yeah, no, that still takes still takes some time. (laughs) That's yeah, that's almost inevitable, I would say. But I do like that it can become easier to film those daily moments because I do think what you said about just like almost being I guess intentional is the word when you go yes. into it instead of just being like, I'll just film on the go and see what I get. Yeah. And that, that makes your is... life so much more stressful if you mm-hmm. just like wing it. You can't wing a daily vlog if you want to post them all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes, the editing will take too long for that. <laughs> It'll take way too long. <laughs> so what do you think makes what's a well edited vlog versus a poorly edited vlog? Do you think it has mostly to do with like tempo or like lighting or definitely tempo. Now it depends if you're doing like a voiceover vlog, if you have Mm -hmm. like a really like catching, cause I do voiceover vlogs too. If you have like a catchy voice and you're exciting, like I don't really think it matters too much what's on the screen, especially Mm -hmm. if you have subtitles, like that's going to keep people's engagement pretty high. Mm -hmm. But if you have no voiceover, like we're just talking clips and a music background, like those clips better be close together. I'm talking, there's Mm -hmm. probably like 150 (laughs) clips in that 30 second video maybe oh my more. Gosh. Yeah. You're sitting there like on your phone, like <laughs> clipping every single millisecond and Each into yeah, like half a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Half a second or more. Like some of my vlogs have been like 0.2 second clips if mm-hmm. I'm not doing voiceover and that mm-hmm. is yes. I'm sure it is. <laughs> but I, I like how you differentiated between the voiceover versus not because it does point out a good point, which is that you should have at least 
one intriguing element. So whether it's the voiceover, whether it's the tempo, whether it's ASMR, which I love when you do the ASMR yes, too. I love an ASMR moment. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying for my brain. My brain is so happy. It's so good. It's like a nice refreshing <laughs> thing to come across your feed. It's like, oh, I'm relaxed. This is lovely. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's for anyone who's struggling with lifestyle content, which I would also love to talk to you about that soon too. It's yeah. so hard to stand out with lifestyle, but I would say like practice getting really good at maybe one like special type of editing technique. I don't know if you would necessarily agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think doing something like that and making it like your intriguing point of interest at first and then continuing to practice other styles. Whereas I think new lifestyle creators try all these different trends and styles and stuff instead of like honing their own unique style. So Yes. And I think that comes with being consistent again, too. Mm -hmm. Like at first you kind of throw everything at it. Like it is what it is. Like it's a lot. If you're starting Mm -hmm. the content creation journey, like you've really got to find your, your style, your thing that just takes, it takes a lot of time. It might be messy at first, but definitely like plan on getting something streamlined just for Mm -hmm. your own sanity so that you can hone one thing over and over again. Like find that thing that your audience likes and then just recreate it over and over again. So it, you've been a creator for six plus years. Has your niche transitioned much throughout that time? Have you stayed relatively consistent? How has that been? It's definitely differed, but it all is under the umbrella of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I just kind of would like lean more towards beauty or more towards fashion or more towards like mm-hmm. hair or something. But recently I've definitely got it all streamlined to where it's like, okay, I have like my four pieces of content that I like post all the time and mm-hmm. it's all under my lifestyle niche and it, it's very nice. But yeah, no, when I first started six years ago, I started on YouTube and that was what, 2016, something like that. That was a while ago. That <laughs> yeah. was a long We're time ago. Old. <laughs> yeah. Social media was not what it was. Mm-hmm. It was like the top YouTubers and those were the people making money. Like you didn't have the small creators like getting big brand deals, marketing, you know, marketing budgets weren't that big. They weren't throwing money at influencers and content creators like they are today. So I was just kind of trying to follow what I saw on YouTube, which was like beauty videos, like beauty gurus were like my thing. I was in love with them. So I tried to do the beauty guru thing, which I did for a while. But of course, like I said, that was 2016. I was a small creator, like nothing was picking up. So Mm -hmm. it really started as a passion. I knew it would be a full-time career at some point. I was cool with the slow burn, but I started with the beauty thing because that's what I saw. And then once short form video hit, then I got, you know, more excited. I got, got to see more creators, got more inspired and now I just like to show my personality, which I feel like is kind of what we all end up going towards. Even if yeah. we are like in a very tight niche, like we all end up showing more of ourselves the more we show up. And I think that's pretty cool that all of our us creators get to do that. But yeah, yeah now it's lifestyle. It used to be kind of just whatever I thought was going <laughs> going well for everyone else is pretty yeah. much what I tried to do at first. Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of similar to how I started because mine was the travel influencers. That's oh, what yes. I really was trying yes. to emulate at that's the beginning. Hard. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, you have to travel. <laughs> like, yes, I learned that. <laughs> that's money. Like that's expensive. Uh-huh, for sure. But it, it does go to show that like, it's okay to kind of just go with the flow at the beginning. Like if I think people underestimate the fact that sometimes content creation is the passion. 
And then you have to find your niche. Whereas yes. some people think like you have the niche and then you have, you turn that into content, but sometimes it's, it's the so other way true. around. It's yes. so true. Cause we're all just little creatives. Like we're all just little <laughs> artists at the end of the day. Like we're like baby filmmakers. I always say oh, yeah. like, especially all of us with short form video, like we're making these incredible little 30 second clips or 10 second clips. It's so funny to me. I know. Actually, my husband just showed me a an Apple commercial back from like the early 2000s. And I was like, I could have made that in like 30 seconds in it's an editor. Actually, yeah, like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's, it is crazy. But what's awesome is like all the opportunity that's come from it. That's totally, yes. it's why we're on this call right now. I yes. love it. <laughs> And so, yeah, that is something else too. I think a lot of the lifestyle students and clients that I get, they're in that situation where they're like, I just know I love creating content, but I just, I don't necessarily know my direction yet. And so that's where I'd say like the practice, practice, practice until you find it. Because both you and I jumped around and like, you'll find it, you know? You'll find it eventually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You'll find it. And that's, People like lately, I think this has been or content creation has been kind of made out to be a more overnight success thing than it really is mm-hmm. by a lot. Like mm-hmm. you're you've been in this for six plus years, but it took you, I'm sure, years of trying even before that too. Oh yeah. To fully 100%. take off. It really wasn't until like twenty twenty that it started like really taking off. And I feel like a lot of people kind of have the same like a similar story because TikTok blew up. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's the people who hang in there, you know, who wait until that opportunity will arise. And it is such a long haul game and people do underestimate that. It's so worth it. Yes. It's a marathon, not a sprint, but it's, yes. it's a good run. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That should be on a shirt. <laughs> it should. <laughs> I also, something that I think is worth mentioning, your new series where you let the filter choose your outfit. Yes. That has been getting a lot of traction, right? Um, Yeah. It actually blew up my account. I grew like 100,000 followers last month. Yeah. I actually like just went over to your account and was like shocked by the update to see that. And I was like scrolling. I was like, oh my God. Yes. Like not surprised (laughs) by you blowing up, but the fact that I missed it because it happened so fast, you know, but again, it goes to show like you can be doing this for so long and then you'll have still breaking points again and again, you know, you're going to keep progressing no matter how expert you are, you know, there are are ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And the series is genius by the way. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, Lexi has been letting a filter on TikTok basically choose her outfits every day. And she has something similar to it. And I want to talk about this because, again, in the lifestyle space, there's something to becoming known for something instead of just talking about everything. You know, like now this is something that people are going to know you for all of these hundred thousand new followers that you gain, they, they're going to know you for that. And that's something that's really leverageable now, you know, which is incredible. It is. And I was really happy about that because for the longest time I felt like my fashion content wasn't doing that well. It wasn't Mm -hmm. performing great. And of course I still posted it because I wanted to. And that's like a whole other conversation we keep getting to like posting what you want versus what you think you should be posting. Mm -hmm. But I'm super happy it did pick up because now I actually ended that series, but it's still of course getting like filtered through TikToks. They push out your content for like three months, which is amazing. Love that app. 
but <laughs> it encouraged me to start a new one because everyone was like, hey, start a new series. Like we need something else. So now I'm recreating Pinterest outfits and it's so mm. fun. And like people mm-hmm. are still loving it. And I have something I can post every day. Like that's one of my pieces of content that I have like promised now for like yeah. the next 30 days or whatever I decide to do it for. Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to get more fashion collaborations, which is what I wanted because I'm posting fashion content. So mm-hmm. it's been nice. And I love that people know me for that. I feel like yeah. you can definitely get painted into a box if you're not careful. If you yeah. go viral for something that isn't in your niche or isn't something that you're interested in, and then you feel obligated to keep posting about it to keep all these people happy, you don't want to lose the new followers. Yeah. So I feel like I definitely got lucky with that series blowing up and not something that you know I no longer <laughs> talk about or I'm not interested in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, that kind of says a lot too about continuing to post the things that you love posting about, even if they're not gaining traction at first, because mm-hmm. now this has obviously paid off huge and I'm so excited for you. Yes, it's a really you. fun series to watch. And again, like your style is a huge thing that drew me to your account, even though I'm like the opposite of it. I like wearing t-shirts all day, every day, don't have cute style. And I still am so drawn to yours. And so I'm really glad that this it. is the series that picked up. And I do... I am curious too, like as far as having a repeatable series to do every single day, would you recommend like, well, first of all, was it your very first part one of the series that blew up or did it take a few in? No. Oh, okay. this is funny. Okay, That's a good I have lesson to tell, too. I have to tell the story. This is hilarious. Yes. So I started the series, I think in January and it was supposed to be a whole like 30 days and the series just wasn't picking up that much. It kind of fell off and I kind of fell off and I was like, eh, no one's going to notice. It's fine. Uh, so like I, I ended at like 21 and all of a sudden one of my videos started going crazy. That video now has last time I checked 17 million views. <gasps> no way. Vomiting. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I've, ne- wow. I've never, I don't think I've ever even had 2 million views on one video, much less mm-hmm. 17. But that, yeah. That's the video that did it. And it was like number, I don't know. I think it was like number 16 day, day 20, something like that. Right before I stopped there, a month went by a month and a half mm-hmm. went by. I'm not posting the series. And now people are commenting on this post mm-hmm. and TikTok is sending it out. And I'm like, wait a minute, do I have to finish the series? Like, <laughs> I was getting bullied in the comments. They were like, where's day 22? Where is it? Like you said, you're going to post it. I was like, oh my God, I have an obligation. I need to, I need to show up for my followers. I'm going to post the content. So I, I got back up and I did it all over again. And video after video after video, I mean, hundreds of thousands of views on every single one. And I was so grateful for that. But yeah, no, I, uh, I totally abandoned the series and it was, it was the algorithm and my new followers that bullied me into finishing it, that, <laughs> that, that encouraged me. And I'm so grateful. I'm yeah. so grateful. Yes. 100%. <laughs> you, and that you got to take advantage of that momentum when it's there, especially yes. what was is nice is that it was aligned with you. So it made sense to keep up with the momentum. Yes. But I do think it's a, such a good lesson to hear that story because it just, really does go to show that you should follow through Mm -hmm. on your ideas because I've done the same thing where I've let series, like I told myself I was going to do a whole series and then I abandoned them because they didn't get the traction I wanted. It's a big commitment. And Uh if you don't see the return on investment, it's hard to keep going. I know. That's (laughs) why you have to choose something you love doing. Like I'm really glad you were able to pick it back up without feeling like, ugh, great. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I would have knowing myself, like I would (laughs) have, I would have hated myself for it later, but I would have done it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly and then it would have been this whole other mess of 
taking you on yes. course. So yes. I've, again, like, I'm glad we got to talk about that. That was something that like when I originally reached out to you for the podcast, I, I don't know if it either hadn't happened yet or I just didn't notice yet, but it was that like I had went to look at your profile just to like take notes about what we were going to talk about and everything. And I was like, Oh shit, girl. Yes. <laughs> you are popping off. It, it happened awesome. so fast. It happened around my birthday too, which made me really happy. So Aww. it was like the best birthday present ever. <laughs> that is awesome. Which birthday was it? I'm 27. 27. Okay. Yep. That makes me feel a little bit less old. I know. With all these youngins out here, I'm like, dang. We're these like, little whippersnappers. We've been doing this for 10 years. <laughs> I'm like, my back's starting to hurt. I'm like, you guys don't understand what we go through. <laughs> Leaning over the phone, editing yeah, all day. Literally. <laughs> Actually, that does lead me just to a question out of my own curiosity. Do you edit on your phone or are you editing on a computer now? Oh, it's on my phone. Oh, really? Okay. It is on my phone. What about yeah. filming? Do you use a vlog camera or do you film on I your don't. IPhone? So for my YouTube videos, which I only post once a week. So that's mm-hmm. like, that's like, that's easy stuff now. We're <laughs> posting multiple times a day on these other platforms. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I use a camera for my YouTubes. But for all of my short form video content, photo content, it is, it's my phone. That's, that's amazing. It, it looks yep. so good. And I don't know how you do it. It's like witchcraft, really. It's so beautiful. It looks like like I really would have thought you were using your vlog camera for those. And speaking of your witchcraft, you do have a content creation course, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Can you tell us like a little bit about what's in there and what it's called? Yes, I have a content creation crash course. I call it a crash course because you could literally go through it in one day if you wanted to. Okay. But it's basically for content creators who want to create super stunning, high quality, like crisp chef's kiss content, but maybe you don't have a great environment. Maybe you don't live in the penthouse. Maybe you live in a (laughs) 80s condo like I do and you have like minimal equipment. Like I'm talking, if you just have an iPhone, you don't even really need an iPhone per se, but if you have a phone with a decent camera or if you want to use a camera, that's fine. But Literally, you just need a phone and, you know, yourself and a little bit of elbow grease and you can do it. But (laughs) it it goes through uh, all my all my tips that I use to make my content in my home and like everything that you see with my content. I give you all the tips for how I do that. And it's it's funny because it's little stuff here and there, but it makes a huge difference. And there are a lot of tips and tricks in there that I feel like just make your content go from good to great and with whatever equipment you have, with whatever environment you have. So it's literally for anyone who wants to just make stunning content. I feel like I need to get my hands on it because I really (laughs) want to level up like because, okay, my talking head videos, I don't care as much. But now I'm starting to really want to level up my UGC ads like for my brand partners. And I'm like, how does she get that crisp? content. So yeah, definitely want to get my hands on that. And for anyone listening who also wants to get their hands on it, I will go ahead and link your course in the show description. So you guys can easily find that. Beautiful. Yeah, it's awesome. I actually had a client, she popped off, she took all my tips and she blew up on Instagram. So much. I think when she sent me a DM, she blew up like from 3000 followers, like 25k and then when I looked at her account she was at like 50 I was like not you hacking the Instagram (laughs) algorithm I need to do that like the student the student had surpassed the teacher that's such a good feeling though congratulations it is is a good feeling I love to see results with my Uh clients more than I do with me I'm sure you get that oh yeah absolutely so were you able to see like the clear difference in the quality when you saw her old videos versus her newer videos yes 100% and honestly she wasn't even really posting that much I think taking the course like 
like gave her the confidence to know like, oh, I don't have to have all of these things to make my content look good. I just need to use a couple tips, like change a couple things here and there and post it. Yeah, absolutely. And then from there, it's just like working a muscle pretty much. I think that's the part too, that is a little bit underestimated, like making it a habit in your life instead of making it feel like something you have to do. Yeah. Once you like have all the tools and knowledge behind you, it feels just so much easier, less friction, like we talked about before. So yes, less friction, less overwhelming. It, it can it can become streamlined. It's a lot at first. But once you get it down, it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's your job. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about this recent like big break on TikTok. I'm actually am curious to when you started like seeing the most traction on Instagram, did you start out on Instagram before TikTok? I, I did. Yeah. Okay. I, so when I created my YouTube channel, I had like a personal Instagram. So I just went ahead and got my username Lexi Luxury and made a new one. And of course, like we did the thing that we all do, like, if you want to follow my new account, like here it is, you know, <laughs> yeah. like my high school bullies are like, yeah, we're totally going to follow you now. <laughs> so I, I had an Instagram, you know, I posted on it. Instagram was just, you know, it's different. And thinking about social media before short form video is like insane to me I because know. we used to only have photos and it was like, you had to make everything look perfect. Like, do you remember Facetune? Like it had us oh. in a... It has a choke hold. <laughs> the trauma. <laughs> oh, the trauma. Like you could not post something without tuning it. Like the out you think we spent hours on our video content. The amount of time we would spend on blurring our imperfections with space mm-hmm. is embarrassing. But that's just that's kind of how it was then. So my Instagram wasn't really picking up because there wasn't really any of my personality in it. And like, I don't think anyone really understood that people wanted your personality on Instagram. So my, my Instagram was kind of dead. Like it grew. I, I was posting not very consistently, but it was growing on its own. I think I was probably at like 12 or 15 K before I started my TikTok, And then once short form video started rolling through, I started posting more reels and getting consistent with it. It fell kind of back in love with Instagram. So Really, the most the most growth I've had with Instagram has been over like the last year and a half, two years. Okay, yeah. So it hasn't been until recently. Yeah, that's that's really awesome, though. Again, I always love seeing the longevity payoff, like sticking with it. You didn't give up on Instagram, and then you were able to get some traction. And yes. I do really also. I, I love talking about the old Instagram photo days too, <laughs> because. I think like the progression of how much people now care about each other on social media. Like now when I follow someone, it's because I feel I'm like obsessed with them. Like I love them and their personality. And before it was like, oh, pretty picture. And like going back to the travel influencer thing, that's all I followed. And I thought like, this is what life is supposed to look like. And it was, you know. (laughs) Gonna scroll through my feed and get body image issues all day. Exactly. Among all of the other (laughs) (laughs) All the FOMO and all of that. Yeah. I I think short form video has been just like such a sigh of relief for those of us who have been doing or trying to do it for a long time. Because my photo content never, like I never popped off Mm-mm. with photo content, oh, but no, I did put no, a lot too. of work into it. <laughs> sure did. Me too. <laughs> yeah, those those were not the days. I'll tell you what. You know what? It's fine though. We were just, we were meant for the short form video boom. And mm-hmm. I'm happy because this is more so like my speed. I'm sure it's more yeah. your speed. I feel like it's more definitely. of a lot of us younger creators speed or older creators, but there's a lot of us who definitely thrive with video content. Photo content is such a different 
animal to tackle. Like it's a still image. There's no personality. And I mean, you really have to try with those. (laughs) It's just different. Yeah. And I think social media is so much more of a resource now too, versus like people weren't as much trying to learn, I guess, back then. No, there was nothing to learn from a like picture. Mm -hmm. And even captions were like one liners and all of that. So yes, drink lyrics. (laughs) classic (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway that was kind of a long way to say that just like again sticking with it if like if you just if you love something wait for the opportunities that will come up through your consistency because like again we were trying back then because we still loved it we still loved creating content and like now we've been able to leverage all of these different things that came up that we could have never predicted you know, oh, never, never. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's why I just absolutely love talking about this. Me too. I love these little <laughs> chit chats. <laughs> mm-hmm. One more thing, one maybe last thing that I am curious about that just like popped into my head. Was there anything like in school or anything like that, that led you to believe that you were going to be a content creator, like before you were on YouTube? So basically, um, yeah, kind of, yeah, I was a theater kid for sure. <laughs> Me too. Okay. <laughs> The theater kid to content creator pipeline is so real. That's why I literally got the vibes. I was like, I just know yeah. she's been wanting to do this forever. Yes, oh, yeah. theater kids all the way. Yeah, I was dancer, a theater kid. Dancer, dancer, theater kid, like so was all, I. Of it, all of it. I also yep. fancied myself like a little poet and writer at one point. Like, oh I, yeah, we all did. I was like yeah. a songwriter at some point. Like, play a little T Swift. <laughs> I love that. The, the, I wanted to bring that up because I know I remembered a while ago we had like briefly talked about the theater kid thing, yes. and it was one of those light bulb moments for me too, where I was like again, you just, you don't know what the things in your life are culminating to, you know, you like have no idea. And- <laughs> you have no idea. And then I feel like you get to like your late twenties, like mid to late twenties. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, here's all of your interest in one little thing. And you're like, Whoa. Yes, exactly. It's like, you just keep working on those passions and it will lead somewhere, you know, yes, it's never <laughs> a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this has been so much fun. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to add anything. Do you, if you want to let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, definitely. You can find yeah. me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, the usuals mm-hmm. at Lexi Luxury. And then also my podcast, Call Me When You Get Lost. That's where we talk about like manifestation, perfectionism, all that kind of stuff if you're into that. But yeah, that's where you can find me on the interwebs. That sounds great. And actually, I forgot to talk about lucky girl syndrome. Oh, yes. Yeah, really quick. I want to talk about your perspective on it because I see so many people talking about it. And I'm like, I think everyone has a little bit different of a definition of it. So can you share like your definition of it and your experience with lucky girl syndrome? Absolutely. So I'm so glad you asked. I love talking about yeah. <laughs> so You reminded me with the podcast talk. <laughs> I love it. So lucky girl syndrome, what I've like gathered from it with what like the blanket term is, is kind of like knowing that everything is always working out for you. And so it is, it's basically like the law of assumption, which if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's like whatever you assume is true for you is true. So if you think you're lucky, like lucky things are going to occur for you. But I do think 
obviously like the label we put on it is just like <laughs> something cute and new but yeah. the what's that like old philosophers quote that's like as you think so you are like that's mm-hmm. been around for like a like literally thousands of years like <laughs> it's nothing new but I love that we've kind of like rebranded it as we do in our generation yeah. it's so cute <laughs> but obviously you know, not everybody is just going to like wake up and be like, Oh, I think I'm lucky. So like lucky things are happening for me. Mm-hmm. There's definitely like mindset shifts that need to happen for most people. I think there's a small group of the population that can just like say an affirmation in the mirror and be like, cool, I'm lucky. And then like they have <laughs> the luckiest day of their lives. Like yeah. most of us have to do some mindset work around it. Usually we mm-hmm. have some like limiting beliefs from what we picked up from our childhood or whatever. So lucky girl syndrome to me is doing just that, like working through your limiting beliefs to like know that you're worthy of having a quote unquote lucky life. Really, it's just having a good life, knowing that even if something looks like it's not working out for you, it ultimately is because you have that belief like set in stone, which like I said, comes with a lot of mindset work. It's not just like a quick little affirmation, but I do love the concept of it. And it's definitely helped me look at things in my life. Like my husband like makes fun of me all the time because like all day I'm like, Oh, that's lucky. Like the other, <laughs> the other day I had like toast in the oven and I forgot about it. I don't know like what happened. I was doing other stuff. Like my ADHD was raging that day. Uh-huh. And I, I forgot that I put toast in there and I had so- at some point turned off the oven. I don't know when I did it. And like 10 minutes later, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have toast in there. And I opened it up and it was like the perfect, like light shade of brown. And I was like, that's lucky. I mean, I was like, you are so ridiculous. Like, can you just say that about everything? Don't you? I'm like, but it is like, Mm -hmm. I feel like noticing the small things helps you like appreciate the larger things. And then when you notice that things maybe aren't quote unquote working out for you, like they do like perfect example, like we were supposed to do this podcast, like a couple weeks ago, you had audio issues, which I totally understood because I had horrible audio issues. I launched my podcast. They will be the literal death of you. And we ended up like deciding on different things to talk about. And like, now I feel like the episode is probably better because of it. So like that worked out, but at first it probably seemed like something really annoying for you because Mm -hmm. you had to reschedule this whole call, but like Mm -hmm. it worked out. So like, that's lucky in my eyes. You that know? is such a good mindset. (laughs) I will say like, it's, it is refreshing to talk about this. I'm like I would probably consider myself a little bit of a cynic, but me letting go of that aspect of my personality over the years has literally made all the difference in my career, my lifestyle. Like I really had put a, a cynical like complex on myself and I'm not going to say I'm completely outgrew it yet, but I do completely agree that like just acknowledging that things are possible for you, it opens your eyes to opportunities you might have missed before. Because you're making like assumptions like, oh, that opportunity wouldn't be for me or whatever it is. It leads to real actions in your life that make a difference. I think like a lot of people hear lucky girl syndrome and think it's like woo-woo-y and like mystical. And it's like, no, there's tangible things that go into it because it affects your actions. So absolutely. It gives you a break too. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like cut yourself a break every now and then. Like, like I'm, I have a whole podcast of being a perfectionist. Like I'm very hard on myself, but mm-hmm. it's those moments where you're like, okay, this is going to work out. Like, yeah, I just need to step away for a second and stop freaking out. It's going to be okay. It's always okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it's always okay. It, it really, it's, it's true. Like I haven't had something that I freaked out about over the last couple of years that didn't end up being not really that big of a like, deal. Like totally fine. Yeah. It's run. like, dang, I just wasted all that time freaking out for no reason, made a whole mess of things when I could uh-huh. just chilled out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm really glad we were able to talk about that because it's a really good perspective. Like, again, I think 
people underestimate the mindset stuff, you know, yeah, and, and how it much is. It, it's a perspective. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not like a crazy woo woo thing. It can yeah. be like whatever you're into, but like it, yeah. it really is just a perspective shift. That's mm-hmm. all it is. 100%. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, with us thanks cynics. for I'm just asking. <laughs> no, I love it. Like, hey, I'm a little bit cynical too. It adds some spice to the mix, you know? Yeah. Gotta have a little of everything. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Balance. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. This has been really fun. If you guys liked this episode or this conversation, definitely shoot Lexi a DM on Instagram or me a DM on Instagram. And yeah, maybe we can talk again soon. I would love that. This that has been a blast. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to sign off and we will catch you on the next episode of the Social Spectrum Podcast. If you liked this episode, it would make my day to hear about it. Please don't hesitate to share your thoughts on Instagram and tag me at Gina Galliotto or shoot me a DM letting me know so I can continue sharing episodes you love. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Social Spectrum Podcast and leave a five-star review so we can stay in each other's worlds. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Until next time, friend.